So again, today we're speaking with Tracy Benjamin. We did the appetizer. We did the main course, two previous episodes in our little trilogy, touching on guilt and shame and food and family structure and the origins of our own relative insanities. And we decided to take on some lighter fare today. We're going to look at dessert because, well, appetizer, main course, dessert, right? Isn't that cute? So here we are, we're gonna talk about how much we enjoy things like donuts and cookies and more donuts and cheese and bacon on donuts, if you can believe it. We talk about the sin of eating and enjoying dessert and how the more you can't have it, the more you must have it. What are some other things that our parents did to fuck us up? I mean, no, our parents were amazing. My mother is amazing. They're all amazing people. But you know what? Our insanity does originate from those childhood years. Halloween, the Easter bunny. I mean, Tracy brings up a really good question. Why do we celebrate birthdays with cake. I mean, cake is awesome. Everyone loves cake. But why do we associate sugar with holidays? What's that about? We also talk about food in the media. We talk about Tracy's website and how she is a kind of a quandary. She's promoting foods that actually trigger her more. And she's also promoting foods that she thinks promote unhealthy eating. How is she supposed to square something like that? You be the judge. Anyway, thanks for listening. My name is Benjamin Russick, licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is my podcast, Look, Just Tell Me What to Do. Dessert is stressed backwards. Did you know that? What? Wait, hold on. I'm going to write, write that Write it down. out. Dessert? Dessert. Desserts. Desserts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be up all night thinking about I that. I know. <laughs> Why did you put that in my brain? Well, I think it's good information to have. I love dessert, but it also is a very stressful situation to be in. Why is that? Because I have like all the rational and irrational thoughts going through my head when dessert is around. Um, You have a little booklet with you. Um, I made this little zine of all my favorite meals and snacks. It's very um, colorful. Since we podcasted, I've been working on my relationship with food because mm-hmm. talking about binge eating was very eye-opening for me. I had never really discussed that in therapy. I was always there for other reasons. Mm-hmm. And so I've been figuring out what foods will help me stay healthy and what foods trigger me into the binge eating and then also to not take care of myself. Okay. So I made this little zine so that I have something to reference when I'm doing meal planning and meal prep so I can basically nourish myself properly. So those are all your favorite foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? In the past few months, I've taken out bread. (sighs) Yeah. And I've also taken out chips Chips? and crackers. I love crackers. Yeah. Through talking with you, I realized that (laughs) the chips and the crackers and the bread serve as a function to silence my inner critic. And when I am chomping on chips and crackers, I literally cannot hear my thoughts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that aspect of binge eating or how it functions in the numbing of my feelings and thoughts. Wow. So if you all want to hear more about that, go back to the previous episodes. Go back in time. But there's something interesting in that booklet, the dessert section. Yeah. It has a big fat question mark where there's nothing written in it. And why is that? Because I have been trying to dissect desserts, what their function in my life are. I have had to go through a few birthdays and celebrations with other people Mm -hmm. and also the holidays are coming up and I am sitting there seeing everybody eat a ton of dessert and wondering 
if we have other ways of celebrating things besides sugar. How else do you think we should celebrate? I don't know. We don't, we're, we don't have practice celebrating things other than that. There's birthday cake. It's a good point. Why is it always sugar? I don't know. My relationship with sugar and dessert is a little weird because I'm not sure if I'm supposed to like dessert or mm-hmm. not. My mom was the type of person, she loved dessert. She always saved room for dessert when we were out at restaurants. Anytime we had a family function that was at a restaurant, my parents would always have this conversation of, oh, well, I save room for dessert. That was my mom. And then my dad was like, never going to order it. It was this push and pull. It's like the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Yeah. That was my parents' dynamic. My mom wanted dessert and my dad was trying to be disciplined and say no. And so we ended up getting dessert. She always would be like, we'll have this, but like four spoons, you know, with the intention of everybody sharing I do. Whenever I go to a restaurant with people, we order one. And honestly, I want to just get my own creme brulee and not share it with anybody and just devour it. But I feel guilty and weird and like I've eaten all these calories already. My pants don't fit as well as they did 20 minutes ago. And yes. Have you ever been at a restaurant where people order their own dessert and then you want to finish yours, but other people haven't finished theirs because they don't finish desserts? and they're weird. Yeah. Yeah. That is a whole other level of awkward too. Well, I intentionally like slow myself down because I feel so awkward. Like you have to pay attention to how much you're saying while you're at the table because if you're not talking then you're eating eating. so i just talk a lot that will help you (laughs) (laughs) and then as a kid you have to get your spoonful before it's all gone yeah so i think that there's something about parents saying no and then kids wanting more there's also as an adult who can be in charge of their own food it's like taking that power back from my parents of like oh i can eat whatever i want but i think that there's an element of shame that's wrapped up in desserts too of taking more than you need yeah you know like oh i'm bad i shouldn't what i realized in my dynamic is that my mom was the pusher and the enabler she would find out whatever you like to indulge in and then she'd be like, ooh, let's have some more. So it becomes like this little sin. You know, my mom smoked. So when she found out that somebody else smoked, she'd be like, let's go sneak and have one. So there's this element of, ooh, we're sharing in the fun. It's like a form of intimacy. Kind yeah, of? yeah, I think so. Like it's in- like intense, really intense intimacy. Yeah, it's yeah. instant too. In my family, we never had dessert. Okay, tell ever, me about that. Like, ever. It was bad. Part of it was because I was a fat kid and they were worried about me, but partly because my dad didn't like sweet. Did your mom like sweet? Yeah, but like when my mom, this is funny. So my dad really liked rhubarb pie. Weird. Yeah, but this is the kicker. So my mother, whenever she made rhubarb pie, she would make two, one with sugar and one with almost no sugar that was really sour and gross. And that was for my dad. And that also included if she made like a berry cobbler or something like that, there'd be two of them because my dad didn't like sweet for some weird ass reason. And I think he said it was because when he grew up, his father made him work in his drugstore Mm-hmm. And which was full of candy. And so he would eat candy all the time and he got really sick of it. So f- sugar was not an entity. 
entity in our house. Was he proud of not liking sugar? No, he was just. Did he make it like? How could you like sugar? Did he make? No, you feel he any? just. It was an. It was one of those. It was like we don't talk about sex at the dinner okay. table, or we don't talk about sex. Period. It was like we don't discuss sugar. Sugar is not an issue. Dad does not Dang. eat sugar. Dad doesn't eat anything processed. Was he like a clean eater? Yeah, he was a clean eater. Yeah. Uh, always fretting about you know which grains he was getting, and he was he getting enough vegetables and this and this and this. And at the same time, he was really weird about like my mom doesn't like drinking red wine because it makes her, I think, sick. And so he would guilt trip her into drinking red wine because he wanted to drink with her. And then he didn't eat chicken because when his mom made chicken, she always undercooked it. And so he didn't like chicken. He refused to have anything with butter in it for some reason. Don't mm. know why. We never went to a chain restaurant or a chain anything ever. Everything yeah. had to be sort of this authentic, hole-in-the-wall, family-owned, whatever it was. Did he do any cooking? He barbecued occasionally and he would okay. eat lots of raw oysters, which isn't really cooking, but it was yeah. his thing. So I have a weird thing with desserts and sweets because not only is it uber taboo, but it became yeah. even more taboo because I was a fat kid. So if it wasn't in your house, did you go outside of the house and then you were confronted with dessert and then your parents were like, you can't have that? It wasn't like thou shalt not eat dessert outside the house. It was sort of accepted that if you were at a birthday party, you could do what you wanted. Did you have any relative enablers? Well, I would go to grandma's house. You know, okay. um, My grandma was like, yeah. shoved us. Well, she just made, I remember she made grilled cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise on them, which are surprisingly good, by the way. Sounds gross, but it's actually good. But anyway, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I, th I think I never had a Twinkie. Okay. I almost never had marshmallows. I never had a chocolate bar. And it wasn't until later on Damn. in life. And I remember there was a grocery store next to my school. And I remember in seventh grade, it suddenly occurred to me that after school, I could walk to the store, which was 20 feet from class and buy a candy bar. Yeah. And it was the most revelatory experience. Mm -hmm. And I also, I think I told you in the last episode about the cookies that Chips Ahoy was delivering co oh, cookies. Yeah. Like yeah. samples yeah. to the doorsteps, like and I would walk to heaven. school and I would eat the cookies, yeah. and, then, and I got sick doing it. Anyway, so to this day, the idea of eating an ice cream cone or eating, especially like a hostess pie or something really something super processed, because my dad was against the. We as a family, because we followed dad, were against processed foods. So okay. especially something like hostess, which was like so verboten that yeah. it, you know if you died or got somebody pregnant, that might be as bad as eating a hostess something or other or a processed whatever or or some candy thing. I know? definitely got that on my dad's world. My mom. Also made candy. Oh, really? um, that was her thing. She made um, candy. Yeah, made candy. How she the heck made did... these like chocolate suckers, uh, these like lollipop things. Wow. And she did a lot of volunteering at the end of her life, like oh. maybe the last 10 years. And so she made candy for. You want to hear a dark secret? Yeah. I don't like chocolate. I'm not into it either. But I, I don't. It's not so dark. I'm not an advocate of drugs. Yeah. And I do not do drugs because drugs are bad. But on the occasion that I have taken um, THC, I noticed that chocolate tasted amazing, like this explosion of crazy, musty flavor yeah, in the back of my throat. Yeah, it's supposed to be very sexual, like it, a very similar It to was that unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yet another reason to stay away from pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, chocolate's not my thing either, but I realized that chocolate keeps me awake. It's caffeine. Yeah. yeah. If I have chocolate in the afternoon, I'm dead. But you know what's weird? What? I like chocolate in certain forms. Like I like it with uh, Reese's peanut butter cups or yeah. um, hot chocolate. Okay. I really like or brownies. I like. Oh yeah, brownies. But I do not like chocolate chip cookies. Will not eat them. I don't like peanut butter cookies for some reason. They're usually so like crumbly. 
Well, I don't like, like the a... flavor is all wrong. Like I feel like when I eat a peanut butter cookie, you know that when you eat wasabi and it fills up your head, I feel like eating a peanut butter cookie does something where like my whole head feels like a big blob of peanut butter. It's I weird. also feel like peanut butter can get stale so easily. And oh, so if you have it. a peanut butter cookie, like it will trigger that feeling of having an old peanut butter and jelly sandwich in your lunchbox. And while I'm on the subject, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were verboten. Oh, really? We didn't even do that. No. Damn. Yeah. We didn't have jam or jelly or anything. Jeez. That's like my comfort. Straight up comfort. I will get a sourdough roll (sighs) and then put peanut butter and jelly in it. And then I'll just like- I don't like jelly. I like jam. Do you like jelly? Uh, Because I think jelly is kind of- I like raspberry. I like jam. I like- texture and the, like the little seeds. lumps of strawberries and seeds oh, and things yeah. but i feel like jelly kind of robs you of that experience it's just sort of this it's like a it's, sludge it's like well gelatin it's it's gelatinous and kind of it's jelly it's just lame yeah it's yeah. it's jelly i am d- d- defining but jelly by saying it's jelly when you are spreading jam on something and then there's like the chunk of strawberry <sighs> that doesn't spread uh, but and that's then, the best thing do you look forward to like biting into that yeah or i just uh, pick it right off the thing and i yeah you know what's really good though is jam when it's cold for some Ooh. reason because it kind of reminds me of ice cream. Like I keep my peanut butter in the fridge. Oh, I keep my jam in the fridge. I don't keep my peanut butter in the keep fridge. Keep your peanut butter in the Why? fridge. It's like ice creamy, and then you put it with the jam on white bread, and you eat it, and it's. it's I think amazing. I just have memories of tearing bread with cold peanut butter. Like, have you ever? Oh, I see what you mean. It's like so hard. Well, that it what you can do is perhaps is maybe you heat can, up a. No, 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 okay. no. You can pre-spread it on like a a cutting board, and then okay. get a spatula, and then put the peanut butter Jesus. on. Jesus, <laughs> that's a lot. My food addiction is speaking yeah. here. Can, I love peanut butter though. Like yeah. anytime we had Halloween candy. My brother would take the Hershey, he would just dip it in peanut so butter. So good. Because the weird thing is I like smooth peanut butter, but yeah. I like chunky jam. Oh. Which- I like chunky. I don't like chunky peanut butter. Yeah. I go back and forth. I mean, I don't, I love Skippy. That's my thing. Well, I like Skippy because I like, so the thing is I like uber processed sugary things because that was the additional level of bad. Okay. So getting back to the whole dessert thing, Uh did you spend your money on food as a kid as well? That was my problem. Well, only at this one grocery store in a few times. Yeah. Um, no, I was afraid of breaking the rules. Oh. Like I didn't know how much of a rule follower I was. I mean, I'm sure my mother would disagree vehemently. Like whenever I heard stories of kids like sneaking out of the house or whatever, I w- it's always shocked me. Sneaking out of the house is way different than like buying a piece. Yeah, but, like but a I'm Jolly saying Rancher. that in my brain, like there's there's like this weird association with rules. Oh, and, you were afraid of getting in trouble. Uh, it wasn't even fear of getting in trouble. It was just the way sneaking out of the house is not even an option yeah. in one's universe when one is a kid. There weren't rules to be broken. It was just like, you don't walk through walls. We don't do that. That's yeah. that's not physically okay. possible. I didn't occur to me until I went next door to the grocery market. And I was like, oh my God, I can just get a candy bar. This is amazing. Okay. Like my grandma had candy. She had a candy jar on her coffee table Ooh. and the candy jar was like this blown glass from Italy and it was very precarious. You had to like be so sleuthy and <laughs> <laughs> try to get into it without it making a sound. But she always had candy. So like we got taste for the blood. Like we yeah. knew what it was like to be able to indulge, not necessarily at home, but my yeah. grandma wanted us to like her. So she fed us candy and desserts. 
you didn't have a grandparent that like well, yeah, kind no, of I usurped did. Yeah, you know, she, my, my father's rules. parents, whom he disliked, would come because I guess they were Jews and he was a self-hating Jew, a self-described self-hating Jew, so I can say that. Mm-hmm. And my, my grandmother, I remember she would bring these jellies. They looked like little fruits, mm-hmm. you know, like the little orange, half oranges things. Yeah, yeah. And, and I looked forward to her visit just because of that because oh, I, would, totally. I had never eaten anything like that in my life ever. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I remember biting into one. I'm like I'm being amazed at the frosted outside. And then when you bite it, it was like sort of clear in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is a, this is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. I also love those. They were like strawberry candies and the wrapper looks like a strawberry. Oh yeah. Like and you bite them and they kind of collapse yeah, and they're just sort of incredible. Holy shit. There was Halloween though. I guess we should probably cover that because yeah, we I would, just had it. Because I would go trick or treating, and that was the one time of year that I could eat candy. Did your parents govern how much you could eat? I don't remember. I think so. My mom made us dump out our candy, and then she took all of the baby roofs. That's that's sociopathic. Is it? She took your candy from you. That's your precious gold. It's totally fine. To be honest with you, I knew from an early age that I was sensitive to sugar. It's not good for me. I learned that I also get canker sores if I have too much sugar. So my body is, good try, bitch. (laughs) You did it again. I'm not a really big candy person. I'm more of a pastry person. Yeah, I'm not into it. No, I would much rather have a croissant over a piece of candy. Yeah, or like my donut story from, I think, episode one. And two. And two. I'm not going to- We love donuts. I do. We do love donuts. Did you see my donut sandwich? Yeah. What the? What was that? That was an inspiration. I had just lost seven pounds and I and, and you I, wanted to gain it back. Well, I was just feeling good, you know, and I was like, I'm gonna get I'm it's it's Sunday. I slept well. All of my clothes fit from like two years ago. This is amazing. I'm having a great day. Did so. you feel like you deserved a treat? No, I didn't feel like I deserved a treat. I just felt like I, w- I was going to have it because I wanted it. Okay. It wasn't like good. I deserve it. I'm like, no, I'm going to eat this fucking thing. So okay. I'm a huge fan of the apple fritter. The, yeah, the big cow pie looking donut with that's just so glorious. So I texted my crazy friend, Andy, who's glorious. And I said, Andy, I'm going to make this sandwich. Uh, it's going to be bacon, egg, and cheese on a apple fritter. And I got a text back saying, yo, <laughs> come over. Yeah. So I went to Bob's Donuts, got that, and got the ingredients, and then uh, Is, was it a fried egg? I'm getting to that. Okay. So when I was cooking, I was cooking the things, and I started to scramble the egg. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Bro, aren't you a Jew?" I'm like, "What? What's going on? I don't understand. Why is that?" What? And it, apparently, Jews fry eggs, and like apparently, they know that you fry the egg, you don't scramble the egg, and it's an East Coast thing. And I don't really know what he was talking about, Whoa. but apparently, a fried egg might have been better. Yeah, probably. Probably would have been better. Yeah. I just didn't think about it because I was thinking- You want that like drippy. Yeah, I know. But I think I was thinking like it was going to be such a mess because there was going to be cheese on it already. I thought scrambled egg, it's more contiguous and it's kind of easier to manage. But yes, I think that a fried egg would be better. But anyway, it was very good and I put it on- Did you eat the whole thing? I ate- Did you split it? Was it on one I think we split it and I could- barely finish my half it was so caloric like yeah. which was unusual for me so rich there was probably 900 calories it was probably 1800 calories in the entire thing or something like that you know probably more than that 1800 calories maybe let's see four or five pieces of bacon two eggs a slab of cheese on an apple fritter maybe somebody out there in our audience did can, you fry it in butter like fry what in butter the well the 
the egg. Did you? So you just heated up the fritter. I heated up the fritter and a little bit. Cut bl- it in half. Yeah. You didn't like make it like it was grilled cheese or like pan oh, fried I or didn't anything. Think of that. Oh, I was I gonna didn't say think of that because you could have gotten like an even crustier. I did not. Oh with shit! That. Well, there's always next weekend. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. You have to lose some more weight. Yeah, I have to and lose another twenty pounds. I think that's the problem with dessert, though, is that it's supposed to be a treat, and if you treat yourself more than you need to, then it becomes a problem, and then mm-hmm. it's not a treat anymore. It's just like expected. Yeah, that's the slippery slope of dessert. It can become a bad habit. Yeah, there was actually there's there's real actual science behind that. Apparently, do what, you feel the need for something sweet after you've eaten something? No, I just feel the need for more food. <laughs> <laughs> when do you crave something sweet? Never. Well, I crave pastries. I just crave food. I, I crave savory, gushy things. So when you're craving, are you like, I want to bite into this? When I'm really thirsty after a workout, I'll crave soda and chilled grapes for some reason. Okay. I'm really yeah. into that. I love crunchy, chilled, really yeah. super cold grapes or frozen, even though you think that's bad. Yeah, I know. I don't care what you say, though, especially frozen with a little lemon juice on them. I'll go through phases. I'll go through a salad phase where I'm just making like salad with cheese and sort of like chef salad stuff with cheese and avocado and sort of fancy and sprouts and kind of just huge, yummy, you know, salad. I'll go through a lasagna phase or I'll go through a chicken soup phase or I'll go through a grilled cheese phase. But you don't make desserts or Never. Do you just like buy them? Never. I, well, or I just don't buy pastries. them or make them. Yeah. I'm just not into them. And they're also too, too dangerous. Like I just naturally avoid them. So if I'm going to eat something sweet, it's an event like that thing I just yeah, described. Like it's like something it's a singular event of I'm going to go ba-boom, ba-boom, and I don't bring it home. That's how I feel about donuts. Yeah. For me, it's like this Saturday morning, like, ooh. It really does feel like I'm doing something bad. Like I'm bringing home the wrong girl to see mama. Like it's just don't that. No, we, that, that's bad. That's we don't really bring donuts in this house. Get that harlot out of here. Like it's that kind of shit in my yeah. head, you know, which is weird. Do you know that my mom died while making pumpkin pie? Did I tell you that? What? <laughs> Sorry, that's so random. That's a to really, just like jump sounds in like there. the title of a, of a cookbook. Yeah. My mother died while making pumpkin pie. She or did. She got the filling part done and then my my dad found her in the kitchen my dad died while my mom was making him his oatmeal shit yeah damn it took me about a year to eat pumpkin pie after Mm. that i love pumpkin pie that's the good thing about thanksgiving this is the funny thing i have a funny relationship with pumpkin pie i don't actually eat it okay and the reason i don't eat it is because my mother always made pumpkin pudding she would oh. just make the filling, and I never—I didn't even know that pumpkin pie existed. And I thought pumpkin pudding was okay. I just didn't. It was like the one sweet thing she did make actually was pumpkin pudding because it wasn't that sweet. She wouldn't make it like kind of like my. So dad. you didn't have any crust with it, you right? Didn't I didn't know, know that it existed. Of, okay. And the first time I saw it in a in a pie crust, it was like that's stupid. That's like putting <laughs> spaghetti in a pie shell. That makes Whoa, no sense to what me. What are you like? This is such a. How do you not? That's so weird. You. It's like you. It's like if we all just ate apple pie filling and didn't know that it was for a pie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you okay? Someone just sent me a weird text. Reese, are you here? What is 150 calories for your sandwich? Oh, <laughs> you texted me. <laughs> did you figure out how many calories? How many? 
1050. Oh, that's really? Oh. That seems. So but those- that's not like he probably put way more cheese than you think. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you listening at home, Reese texted me. Uh, he's our producer and he's over there in the booth and he texted me uh, 1050 calories for your sandwich. Anyway, back to the pie thing. What were you saying? that? Oh, um, I just think it's crazy that that you only experience the filling and not as a pie. The same thing happened with tapioca in a way. My mom, every once in a while, she would make tapioca pudding, but she wouldn't make it fluffy. You know how like tapioca pudding is pretty complex? Like there's all that beating of the egg whites and you fold it in and it's this big production. She would just kind of get some milk and get some tapioca beads and, and some sugar and throw them together and say, here, this is tapioca pudding. Does she cook it? Yeah, she cooked okay. it, but it wasn't like so. When it I the first time the I had the first time I had you. like tapioca pudding pudding, it was a revelation. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, so what I'm like saying is, my like so the way we did did dessert in my household yeah. and dealt with sugar was really weird. So like by the time I got into the real world, I was really twisted. My mom messed with every recipe, every dessert recipe as well. She always put less sugar, and then she would forget things like baking soda and baking powder. Oh God! But yeah, sugar was forbidden in our house we only had it when we had company over and then my mom would make like a pineapple upside down cake and that's when we would have ice cream in the freezer yeah I remember there was a some sort of plumber or something over in the basement and my dad comes down and he says do you need need anything to drink and the guy says uh do you have a coke and my dad says I don't think so I'll check and I'm thinking we don't have any coke we don't have a coke we have no there is no coke I'll check. <laughs> I'll check because it's like, yeah, you know, like, like, because okay, like, like, this just the word Coke was like, what? A Coca Cola? Like, we don't say that word. Yeah. Like, you've just seeing my dad say the word or hearing him say the word was weird. We had Coke only when my parents had parties, and then my brothers would just like hoard it and go off and drink it. So we only had those sinful things when my parents entertained. That's where sneakiness came in. We took stuff and then hoarded it in our room while everybody was having a good time. That's what happens in rehabs. Yeah. The patients hoard uh, the coffee because they stop the coffee at noon. Oh, shit. And they hoard coffee in their rooms. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like giving people limits. Yeah. It will do crazy things to you. you, Do you have anything else you want to say about- About desserts? About desserts and the twisted nature of them and our psyches before we go into food in the media? Mm, Birthday cake? I don't know. Yeah, what what kind of birthday cake do you like? That's an excellent question because I guess if it's Halloween and gonna, birthday. So yeah. even the birthday cakes in my household were fucked up because yeah, my mom, they weren't that, that sweet and they were just kind of Were they homemade? I don't remember. I just remember they weren't they weren't satisfying. Like we didn't have ice cream and cake. It was my parents didn't really celebrate their birthdays. My dad certainly did not. I remember happy birthday. I remember the the cake coming out with the candles. Did you have a party? Not really. Is it just like a family thing? I think we had just regular cake. I'm, I'm trying to remember. What's regular cake? I don't know what the fuck. Regular cake. I don't remember. I just, I never liked cake that much. Yeah. I'm not a frosting person. Yeah. It wasn't gushy enough. It wasn't evil enough. It wasn't like, it wasn't ice cream. You know, I wanted ice cream. I wanted. Ice cream cake is good. Yeah. Ice cream cake. I really enjoyed it. Have you ever had it. like princess cake with ice yeah. cream? Like there's, oh mm. my God. I went to this barbecue once, which is a bad idea, and I was already really, really full because I'd eaten everything. Yeah. As one it's does. It's a barbecue. It's a barbecue. And then the fucking princess cake comes out. At a barbecue? Yeah, because it was it was a funny. gender reveal party. So the, oh. the the princess cake was the gender you uh, wow. pink or whatever the fuck 
cake. Right. <laughs> Princess. Wow. But it was like you cut it open and because there's a marzipan and you cut yeah, it open. Yeah. And, oh my God, it's a girl. And it's pink. It's strawberry ice cream and the fucking princess cake. You wouldn't like just princess alone. I had not of thought of that. Thing. They kind of, that's kind of a giveaway, isn't it? Yeah. Like you don't have prince cakes. It's like a groom's cake. What's a groom's cake? That's when you get married, there's the wedding cake and then there's like the groom's cake, which is. What, like a steak or something? No, it's <laughs> like, it a meat cake? It's like some male-themed cake. I don't know. It's a very weird tradition. A male-themed cake? Yeah. So, like, let's say you're, I'm marrying somebody who's, like, into sports, whatever. Like, uh-huh. his team would be on the groom's cake. Huh. Some weird shit like that. That sounds dumb. Yeah. I don't agree it's with weird. I don't agree with that. So, so Tracy, uh, yes. let's move into the next section. What would you like to talk about? Let's talk about how I influence people to eat desserts through my work. Okay, so food in the media. (laughs) Yes, as a food blogger, food photographer, and stylist, my job is to make recipes and make recipes look good, good enough that people want to save them and make them themselves. Right. So as somebody who's like trying to eliminate the trigger foods in my life, it's really hard for me to have a job where I have to potentially eat the trigger foods that I am promoting. Yeah. So I've been having kind of a hard time reconciling my work and then also like what it does to my health and then how it relates to the binge eating Mm -hmm. because working with food can be stressful. Yeah, for Um, sure can. But one of the things that I'm dealing with on my blog is that, and I'm not alone in this in the food blogging world is the most popular recipes are usually the ones are the least healthiest because people like collecting these, ooh, that's sinful. Right. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. And so I have mixed feelings about what I do because I don't want to influence people's bad eating behavior when I'm having a complicated relationship with it myself. But then I also... I'm a mother and a wife and I make desserts and treats for my family and for parties and for other people. And so in the process of figuring out my relationship with food, I realized that like my role is kind of to be a food pusher (laughs) and it's not necessarily a healthy role or Mm. a role that I feel good about being in anymore. I don't want to make it harder for people to to say no. Right. You feel like you're part of the larger problem. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, food can be a challenge for people like it is with alcohol. And I think in some ways a little bit worse because as we talked about, there's certain times of day where it's okay to not drink, but like somebody makes you a sandwich that's on an apple fritter and you're like oh god what am i gonna do how do i say no to ben you know (laughs) um i have to be really careful about that in some ways i'm giving people permission to eat unhealthy and if i am not a proponent of that lifestyle and diet then it's so deceptive i don't know i think long term there's huge side effects of making things that i don't eat Is that clear? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You're like a drug dealer who's in recovery. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I think you were, had described 
having a friend who is a sommelier, but he or she does not drink. He's an alcoholic, yeah. The wine. I think that making something and going through the process of taking pictures of it and writing about it can help me detach from actually enjoying it or eating Uh it. So I can look at it objectively and be like, that's work. That's it. But then I am seeing that I make other people happy with it. Like my husband and my son are like, awesome. We have this cake that we get to eat. And we had to wait until it was done being photographed so we can eat it. I think that what can prevent me from eating it is actually working on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then I'm not legitimately enjoying the dessert. I am just creating it. And then I have to be careful because if I'm stressed out while I'm making said dessert, then I could be like, fuck it, I'm eating it. Like the second it's done, I'm just going like full force. And and then that's like, okay, well, then I have to tell my readers I had a hard time <laughs> stopping with this one, you know? You know, I didn't choose this career. It just sort of happened. And so the relationship with food is really comes into question when it becomes so a part of who you are, what other people expect from you. What do you want to do with that? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. Ultimately, what I am working on right now is that food is for nourishment. I can feed other people easily, but I have a hard time feeding myself. It comes from having to deal with other people and their restrictions and then not remembering that I have and should have restrictions or things that I should and shouldn't eat myself. Have you thought about, I mean, I'm sure you thought of this, but being one of those folks that makes, you know, super healthy desserts look really, really sinful? I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you have. I've done it and- It's not as fun, you know? It's it's like I was talking with other people about sugar-free Thanksgiving desserts, and it's just like, it's oppressive. It's sad, you know? Did you ever have snack wells, those fake cookies? No. They're like low-fat cookies from the 90s. It's like if you're craving something and you don't get exactly what you're craving, your brain will want to fill it with as many things that will try to get you close to that craving as possible. So I got these when I was a kid. There was like these things called Snackwell's cookies. Really, I could eat a whole box of them because I wanted chocolate cookies. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like you end up eating more. When you are skirting around what you want, then it's hard. Hard to avoid reality, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's really difficult. Yeah. I saw a quote was the right amount of food is the amount that nourishes you and keeps you healthy. Yeah, but what and is that? that's you know, no what, is what that? that is. No one knows what what is what is the right amount of food? What is what is nourishment? When am I nourished? Honestly, like I heard this crazy story about Barack Obama, how in the evening he would have six toasted almonds sent up. And that was his evening snack. On like and a I'm plate? like, fucker, you have a kitchen. You could have like a Monte Cristo served up to you at like one in the morning if you wanted. You know, they have a, there's like yeah. a 24 hour chef. I think the dream is probably to have somebody else in charge of your nutrition so you don't have to think about it. Maybe I should get married. <laughs> Yeah, that will solve everything. (laughs) That'll solve everything. You won't binge ever again. I don't know how to solve this problem of yours, Tracy. 
I hear it and I don't I don't know what to say because I I think the way that I solve it is just to include other people on my journey because I know that I'm not alone in my relationship with food. I just think we never hear about it. There isn't a food celebrity who's like, yeah, you know, I really don't eat the food that I make. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants to admit that. That's why I love Ina Garden, because I know that she eats her food, you know? I know that she's into it. I think we just have to kind of embrace it. I think that what people do with the foods that they make is their business. I think it's a reality that desserts are good and people love them. Food is love and especially desserts. And why shouldn't you promote that? And it's okay. It's like you might be helping to provide the vehicle of that addiction, but that addiction is independent of you. Those people are going to find those things anyway. That's true. And now that doesn't mean to say that like, well, the drug, it's like, you know, she's the drug dealer. She's no, like, no, it's, it's different because it's not drugs. It's food. Yeah. Where the tricky piece is, is that I have a business model based on popularity. So if a recipe is popular, then I'll make more money off of it. And so if I just am like, oh, I'm just going to decide to do gluten-free and have all these restrictions, then maybe like then I have to change over to a different side of the internet. I think you're putting too much energy into trying to control other people's habits. I don't think I'm trying to control their habits. I'm trying to like control my habit and then still maintain the same level of creativity in the process. I, I guess I, I'm saying that I, I feel like you, you, you're you trying to reconcile a sense of guilt is my, my impression around making foods that you yourself have trouble managing. Is oh, that- I think the guilt comes into like, am I living this lie? No, and no. I'm saying you're not. Okay. You're just making foods that you really like and that you think are really fun. And you're also trying to make a living and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. So what? I don't know. I think maybe I'm trying to shine a light on what I'm doing also has side effects. Everything that we do has side effects. Here you are doing this podcast. Yeah, I know. I I don't think anybody like talks about it. Well, here we are talking about it. Yeah. And here you're doing your due diligence or whatever you call it or I don't know, you know? Yeah. It's a paradox. It's like- People could say, well, you're a therapist and you're just enabling people's insanity because they just come to you and think they're getting their everything fixed. And, and it's like, no, it's it's not that simple. It's a stupid analogy. Um, <laughs> is it though? I don't know. I think you're fine. Yeah. And, and I think your website is amazing. Look, the other frame is, is that, so the dessert stuff helps you with your popularity and you are also able to put out really healthy recipes at the same time and reach those people. Yeah. So you wouldn't have been that popular. Like my thing is, is like I tend not to hand out money to folks folks mm-hmm. um, because my philosophy is is that I would like to get to a point of financial independence and power where I can make a huge difference. But if I give away my money now, I'm not going to have it. And so what I'm saying is that you are doing what you need to do to get as powerful as you can and as popular as you can so you can do something really amazing with your fame and your in your influence, I would say. Thanks for the pep talk. <laughs> I, I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just really an isolating job. That's true, isn't it? Because you're all by yourself. It's just you versus the food. And that's hard. I remember talking to these food photographers and that was their job. And they were saying, oh yeah, we rarely actually photograph real food. It's usually like the ice cream is usually like clay and because it'll melt. Yeah. Right. And there's all these tricks, but you're not doing any of that. Uh, yeah, I'd, I try not to employ that many tricks. I mean, I know a guy who's a colorist, and his job is to make the little little, little pepperonis on the pizza look as pepperoni-y as possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real job. Yeah, you it is. You have to do it. I'd like to 
broaden scope a little bit before sure. we wrap. What are your feelings about food and the media in general on a large scale? Where's our culture going with all that? I am curious about that. I feel like the market is so saturated now with recipes. I feel that we're perpetuating this idea that we have to make new recipes all the time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm also trying to reconcile is really in life, we need an arsenal and, you know, like this 20 recipes and then we should just like rotate them through the weeks and months. But I think everything online now and in the media is so sensationalized. We have these trends like matcha and turmeric and Mm -hmm. stuff made from kelp and just like CBD products, everything. There's just all these phases and it's all marketing, you know? Why do you suppose those phases happen? Because people love trends, you no. But where do the trends come from? Is it like the fashion? You know, have you seen uh, Devil Wars Prada? Yes. You know where she's talking about that lumpy blue sweater she's wearing and how it came to be? Yeah. Is it, is it because the people on the top make decisions or is it is it a groundswell? I think it's a combination of both. What's been really fascinating in my world is just cultural appropriation in the media. We're changing a lot of conversations about food and the source of food. You can take a really popular blogger who may be a white female who has a huge audience and is teaching somebody or their viewers a recipe that is like an authentic Asian dish where it is not authentic but because the person has a huge following and then is tapped into the SEO they can be number one in Google and the whole world will think that this authentic Asian dish is is authentic and it's not and so it does a big disservice to people who are representing that culture in an honest way but they don't have the popularity or the pull on the media to get their recipe in front of the number one eyeballs. So I think now it's hard to know what you can do without being called out for cultural appropriation. So some people can't make like a Chinese chicken salad and not have a controversy <laughs> over it because it's not an Asian dish. Right. It's not Chinese. But isn't that just a mixing of cultures? I mean, Cultures mix. I mean, that's. Yeah. Um, I feel like the term cultural appropriation is almost sort of itself kind of a our culture appropriating the idea that mixing cultures is somehow bad and it's like us stealing or one culture stealing from another one really just like, I mean, cultures borrow. I mean, isn't Chinese chicken salad just us just borrowing a, an idea from another culture and throwing it together yeah. and calling it a thing? I mean, yeah. is that so terrible? I don't know. I think people want to go back in time and say it's not okay. People like complaining online. That's like really they do. Huh? What also happens, and I would love to talk about this with you is that people will not follow a recipe and then <laughs> tell me that they, they didn't follow a recipe and then blame me for the recipe not working out. Really? Yeah. In the same the breath? Shift. Yeah. Do they not? I s- did this and da da Yeah. Or people <laughs> ask me questions as if I'm Google and it's like, you should have just Googled that. I, <laughs> I get infuriated sometimes because I'm a person who researches 
I wouldn't think to ask the person directly about something. I would just like research it myself so I wouldn't look dumb. What kind of questions do they ask? Like, how would I make it gluten-free? How would I make it without meat? What would I substitute this? It's like, if you are gluten-free, then you should be researching a recipe that is gluten-free. Somebody made it gluten-free and then you can just do that recipe. Like my recipe wasn't made gluten-free on purpose, you know? And so then it's like, I have to become a consultant for somebody else's gluten intolerance. I'm the type of person that if I had the gluten intolerance, I would go to a website that is like gluten free. I wouldn't. So let me say, so you actually enter into conversation with these people and you you answer their questions? Sometimes yes, sometimes Because see, no. that's a way worse enablement but it, than the dessert thing. You're like enabling their insanity. <laughs> oh no, I mean like, why don't you just Google that? <laughs> I'm sure you could find that on Google. You know, um, that's a good response. Okay. I don't know. I think right now with our media and food, what I've seen trending is our economy is taking a shit dive and people need to learn how to like repurpose food. So I think that's going to become popular and alternative meats are becoming popular as well. Those are expensive though, aren't they? Uh, They are, but you know what's not expensive is crickets. I think crickets, yeah. <laughs> crickets are, are coming back into really? our world. Where does one, yeah. How does one work crickets into one's diet? I don't know. I think they're like crispy and crunchy. But no, literally, where do you get them? You can buy them online and, in bulk. And you just you grind them up in the blender? Like, I, there's you know? flowers made from cricket meal too. Yeah, oh, it's that's real gross. Have you seen the trend of Bloody Marys that have so many accessories on top? It's not just like a, it's like a salad, basically. No, it's not just a salad. Like there's like a obviously a celery, but then there's like a pepper and then a jalapeno and then like a chicken nugget. And you haven't oh, seen it's like those, or like ba- and bacon on top. It's like those sake and things with like the what's, what's those sake shots that are like what are they called? Where there's like there's a, a raw egg and like flying fish eggs and sake and a bunch of stuff and you shoot it oh an oyster shooter is all that comes to mind yeah it's getting ridiculous and then franken food what's that oh i would say (laughs) you make franken food that's what your apple fritter is it's a joining of two things that don't necessarily go together that should not go like give me an example taco bell is like a really good example of that the Crunchwrap Supreme. What's that? Oh, man, I forgot that I can't talk fast food with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's another thing in my family. Fast food was, was Franken food is just like turning a hamburger into like nachos or something. It just. I saw this one thing going around. Someone had cut bagels into sixths and uh, all the Jews are making fun of it. I'm like, why would you do such a thing? It was like one of those memes or one of those things you see on Instagram. Like, well, I did this amazing thing and all my coworkers loved it. And it's like all these bagels that are chopped up. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, there's something so wrong about a part of a bagel yeah. that's not a half. Um, speaking of food in the media, so my cousin, who you spoke to, yeah. is starting a uh, an app called Cup of Sugar, mm-hmm. which is basically a, a community growing food sharing app. So you can, someone down the street has an apple pie, you can buy it for five bucks, or maybe you actually literally need a cup of sugar. Yeah. And you say, hey neighbor, boom, and you get it and you walk over there and you grab it. So it's live now. The app is Ooh, live, cool. Cup of Sugar. But what's really interesting is that almost every item for sale on Cup of Sugar is a dessert. Ooh, it's like a bake sale. What I'm thinking is like during the pandemic, like Daniel and I were talking about this, mm-hmm. the cook at home revolution. 
we didn't broach this part of it, but I wonder if the cooking at home revelation has been people just making cookies and pies and stuff. Yeah, it's the stress baking. Yeah. Yeah, I think that also another way it comes into play is let's say you work in a cubicle or in an office. Uh-huh. You go home after a long day and you stress bake yeah. and then you can bring it into the office and then share the wealth. I remember I almost lost my love for oatmeal raisin cookies in my Ooh. early 20s. This woman, she would, God bless her, would make oatmeal raisin cookies whenever she was stressed out and you could see that she was angry while she was making the cookies. Oh, yeah. And, she, and then she would she would Made just make, you could tell how, how bad of a day she'd have by the height of the plate of oatmeal Shit. raisin cookies that were in the lobby. Of the, it was like a dorm. And they were they were okay. I like baking because, you know, measuring out the ingredients is very soothing and then your house smells amazing and then you can make other people happy. So So, yeah, I definitely see that. So we're about to wrap, but Tracy, you and I need to have dinner sometime. Yeah, we do. I think that a restaurant would be kind of silly. I think you should probably cook or we should probably cook or something. That sounds good. Because it's stupid that we have talked nothing about food. I know. I've never eaten I've never even seen you eat a thing. I know. This is so dumb. And you and I share this insanity. Yeah. And I think it would be a really good time. I agree. And I want to thank everyone who's listened to all three episodes. Or if you've listened to one episode, that's great. And please go back and listen to the other ones. And please visit Tracy's amazing, fabulous, stupendous, lovely, glorious website, which is called? Shutterbean.com. Shutterbean.com. Or you can find what, Tracy? Food, photography, and inspiration for your everyday life. Tracy's into a cornucopia of things. Handwriting and succulents. And And magic making, really. Magic making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of an amazing website. It's been around since, what, 2008, you said? 2007. Holy shit. It's a long time. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much. Thank you. We feel complete. I feel pretty complete. I feel complete. I feel totally complete. We need like an after dinner mint. (laughs) (laughs) After dinner mint? Yeah. By popular demand? Well, if you can think of a subject or if someone emails us. Yes. And thinks of what after dinner mint would possibly be. Maybe we could actually like eat something like cook and talk about it as we're cooking it. That would be fun. That would be weird. I don't know how I would do it. I guess I could bring my equipment to your house. Okay. Is that a terrible idea? I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you would like to be a guest on this show or have any comments or suggestions or really anything, shoot me a line at benjaminrusick at gmail.com or check out my website at benjaminrusick.com. And if anyone has an idea for our dinner mint episode, please let me know. I really don't know what that would be. I like doing podcasts with Tracy. I want to do more podcasts with Tracy. So please help us out. Thank you so much.